0: Greetings, salutations, and welcome to another exciting installment of Just a Podcast. My name is Just Bob. Thank you for joining me. Now, as I record this, it is 5.04 a.m. on Friday, March 11th, 2022. So, within the last 24 hours, the Major League Baseball lockout has ended The players and owners have come to an agreement about the various things that they were in disagreement about. I'm at a loss to even summarize that because, honestly, I haven't been paying really super close attention because, honestly, it doesn't really matter. I know there are a lot of people, and I saw this on the socials yesterday, People saying, "Well, I'm never watching baseball again." You know, it's just like the people who, when uh, the NFL players were kneeling during the anthem, were saying, "I'm never going to watch another football game again." And then, of course, when the next football season started, they were all back on it. You know, it's like I don't, I don't see like a boycott from the perspective of one individual. You know, I don't think that's going to accomplish anything. It's performative, you know. You're, you're, it's like you're walking around with a sandwich board on. <laughs> you know, I don't know what that accomplishes, honestly. I mean, if you, if it makes you feel better to make a statement like that, you know, fine. But I, I honestly, I don't get it, and I'm not going to pretend to. You know, baseball is my favorite sport, and it has been pretty much. Since I was six years old, when the fall uh, of uh, 1980, I was six years old, my hometown team, the Philadelphia Phillies, won the World Series, and it was the biggest thing I had ever seen ever (laughs) at the time. I mean, it was huge. It was all anybody talked about. It was all anybody cared about. It was fantastical. It was amazing. And I did not get the opportunity to go to the Phillies parade. Many of my classmates in school did. And I have met, uh, I've mentioned this before, but when I was uh, uh, a little kid, well, up until third grade, I, I went to Catholic school and, uh, Catholic school, at least when I was there, you know, at that particular time and place, you did not miss school for anything, okay? It was like, it didn't matter if it was snowing. It didn't matter, you know, it didn't matter. (laughs) They could be bombing the city and you were expected to show up and like a third of my class uh, skipped school for the parade. Obviously, you know, we were in first grade, so (laughs) they were with their parents or whatever. But uh, and no one said anything about it. It was, like, totally cool. It was, like, you know, it was the first time the Phillies had ever won the World Series after, like, being a team for like ninety some years. So it was it was huge. It was massively huge. And that is one thing that I love about being a Philadelphia sports fan. You know, I haven't lived in Philly since I was nine. When I was nine, we moved to Columbia, Maryland, which is where I grew up, you know, like I I, I lived in Philadelphia from the time I was born until I was nine. And from the time I was nine to the time I was 18, well, later than that, but I, I spent half of my childhood in each one of those places, and it was it was cool. Uh, but I always retained a love for, for the Phillies team, or for the Phillies, and, and the Eagles and the the Flyers, the 76ers. I'm, I mean, I'm a Philly guy, you know, at heart. I always have been, I always will be, and... So, but yeah, that was the 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 first really imprinting sports memory that I had, and and uh, 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 it was that same year actually. Uh, the Eagles went to the Super Bowl for the first time. This was the nineteen eighty, the Dick Vermeil, Kelly Green Eagles, and they lost. They lost to the Oakland Raiders. And that was an imprinting experience on me as well. But it was a crushing disappointment. And that's where I learned that uh, you can reach the highest highs through sports and uh, the most crushing lowest lows, honestly. I mean, I remember watching that Super Bowl... With my family, my extended family, you know, we're talking like 20, 30 people packed into the living room of my aunt's house, and uh, it was uh, like grown men were crying. (laughs) Like, for real, it was like, it was no joke. But uh, for for the Phillies, you know, and the Phillies won the World Series, it was a culmination of because you know the 1980 Eagles were were a bit of a fluke team. they were they were overachievers. It's like if you watch uh, like the NFL films about that season or whatever, it's it's you know these guys were were they were good, but they weren't as good as how they were playing. And they got beaten by the Oakland Raiders who had been a good team for most of the last decade, although that season, they were the wild card. They they were the first wild card team to win the Super Bowl. In fact, that season. But uh, it it was like the Eagles were overmatched in the game. And uh, the eighty Phillies, they were they were that good. You know, this was the the Phillies of of Mike Schmidt and. Steve Carlton and Pete Rose you know this was a powerhouse of a team and so uh, you know it felt like everything came together after coming close a number of times and so I I don't know because it was it was because I was a small child or whatever but I just thought you know well you're you this team does well and and this team will do well and it was kind of a merciful thing that that you know, because we were living in the on the uh, after we moved, we were living in the Baltimore D.C. corridor, and there was no Nationals back then, which meant that I did not see the Phillies on TV ever, like like at all, you know, unless they were in the the national game of the week. Uh, which almost never happened, you know. Then, as now, the national game of the week is, is going to be the Yankees and the Red Sox, or it's going to be, like, the Dodgers and the Giants, you know. There were teams that you would never see. and And so I kept up with the Phillies by the occasional highlights on the sports – segment on the news or, you know, in the sports pages in the newspaper. You know, back then there was no internet, there was no social media, there was no anything like that. You know, it's possible to be a lot more connected now than it ever was. And that remained the case until... uh well, cable TV came along not long after that and there was ESPN and ESPN covered every everything. So, during the baseball season, I at least knew that I would see highlights of that game and get the scores, and that was cool. And now in 82 there was a strike and so the season was shortened and they did like this split thing for the playoffs and it was very very strange but i was still so young that i didn't really i didn't really understand what was going on and so it just kind of went over my head in 94 there was another strike and the season was cut short and the World Series was canceled. And that was a huge thing. And it was especially crushing because the season before the Phillies had been back to the World Series. They lost They lost to the Toronto Blue Jays, who at that time were kind of a juggernaut. It was the Blue Jays' second World Series win in a row. So they won two back-to-back. Um, In 92, they beat the Atlanta Braves, who were early on in their dynasty that would culminate with a World Series win in 1995 in the midst of something like 14 consecutive division titles. And, of course, they were in the same division that the Phillies were in. And so, uh, but in 94, going into 94, you know, there was this optimism like, all right, well, we got beat in the World Series last year. You know, we're going to do it this year. This is the year. Of course, it didn't quite work out that way. The team to beat that year was the Montreal Expos. And I believe, I always have believed that had the strike not happened, that the Montreal Expos would have coasted to the World Series and won it easily. Like, 94 should have been their year. And in a way, it kind of spelled uh, the end of the line for that team, you know. I mean, it was still a few more years before they moved to D.C. and became the Nationals, but the... It was the die was sort of cast at that point and uh, I remember the the national started playing in 06 and I was very excited at at the time I was living in Frederick Maryland and I knew that having an NL East team in the local area meant that, I would see the Phillies a lot more because, of course, the local team, the D.C. teams were covered on the local TV. D.C. and the Baltimore teams were covered on the local TV. So I would have a chance to see the Phillies when they played the Nationals. And, of course, I I had the chance to see the Phillies when they played the Orioles because interleague play had started in 1997, so that was a— A common thing at that point. And, uh, of course, uh, it was uh, 2010 when I went full-time here at Verstandig and moved back to Pennsylvania. And since I've been living in Pennsylvania, I've been able to see all the Phillies games, which has been a great thing, you know, having had the opportunity to move to, because I had to move move closer, you know, I was living back in Columbia when I went to full-time here. Uh, Had the opportunity to to move pretty much, you know, somewhere locally. That's what they told me, you know, you need to be closer. And I, I wanted to be closer. I was driving an hour and a half to get to work, and that was just not acceptable <laughs> you know an hour and, a, and i'm sure some of you have a long commute or have had a long commute at some point in your lives and it just it just grinds you down you know you drive an hour and a half to get to work you're kind of flagging or floundering or whatever by the time you get there and could have you know gone anywhere could have gone Back to Hagerstown. I had lived in Hagerstown for a while. Could have gone to, you know, West Virginia, but I wanted to be in PA partly because I knew that the local uh, channel is out of York and they carry all the Philadelphia sports. And uh, so that's been a good thing for me. But back to the, the, the current labor situation, you know, I don't really care about athletes being overpaid. And and this is something that goes back to just Dirty Saturday nights. Me and Dirty Bob used to argue about this a lot because he he was outraged by the fact that athletes made the money that they do. And I never cared about that. I, I still don't care. I don't care what they make. I don't see what that has to do with me. I'm concerned with what happens on the field. So, I, you know, people say, well, it's it's millionaires, the players, uh, fighting with billionaires, the owners. Maybe it is, but I don't see what that has to do with me. I really don't. I never have. Like, I don't care. I just want to see a game, you know. And now it seems that the season will start. It'll start a little late, like a week late or something like that, but it'll we'll still get most of the... The game's in for this year. And I'm excited about that because I love baseball. I always have. People say, well, it's a boring, it's a slow sport or whatever. You know, okay, whatever. You're entitled to your opinion. I don't care. I like it. I always have. And uh, so I'm excited that it's going to be a thing again. And labor disputes are... They're kind of an inevitability in professional sports in the US because all of the leagues have a union so collective bargaining is it's a union thing. So you have unions there's going to be collective bargaining there's going to be times when uh, the two sides don't agree you know um, there's really no way around that. And as a fan, all you can do really is just kind of put up with it. You know, there's there's really nothing else that you can do. It's it's unavoidable. It's inevitable. It's just a part of the whole process. But uh, for me, you know, saying well, I'm not going to watch baseball because of the labor dispute, or it was the same thing. The NHL had a lockout a few years ago. It was the same thing. Uh, or or like um, NFL players kneeling, you know, it it really does... To me, it has no... It makes no difference about the game itself, you know, and to be honest with you, I don't have any issue with players kneeling, not only in the NFL, but in any sport. I kind of feel like that's a First Amendment thing, um, considering that uh, when Colin Kaepernick started doing it it was at the suggestion of a military veteran um, I don't feel that it is disrespectful to the flag or or anything else you know and that's my own opinion I know a lot of people maybe some of you listening are going to disagree with that and that's that's fine you know that's the nice thing about, Living in America is that we have the inherent right to disagree not only with each other, but with our leaders. In fact, it's it's your duty as an American to disagree, not only to disagree uh, if you do, but to speak out when you do, because that's how change happens and... Change is necessary. You know, I know a lot of people are opposed to change um, and want to keep things always the way they are, but that's just not how life is. It's just not, you know, and I think everybody wants to get into their comfort zone and just never leave. And I understand, I believe me, I understand the temptation to do that. Um, I've talked before about my. Issues with anxiety. I'm, I'm on medication for that now. And that's a recent thing. That's like within the last couple of weeks. And that's never been the case before. I've always just sort of toughed it out. And I do feel like it's made a difference to me. You know. So that's that's a whole other story. I'll, I, I'll probably do a, another whole podcast episode about that at some point. But I... I know that that change can be hard and adjusting can be can be hard and it's it's a lot to ask but you can't go through your entire life staying exactly the same you can't and to expect that there won't be social upheaval and stuff like that in America is just naive honestly but it seems like we always learn that lesson the hard way we learn that lesson the hard way forget it collectively and then have to learn it the hard way again and that's been happening well it's been happening since 1776 but i mean it's been it's been happening in a in a sort of meta sense since the industrial revolution it's kind of reached a fever pitch in the 1960s and kind of has remained that way ever since. You know, it's like each succeeding generation is getting further from the last, and so with social media and the internet, it's exacerbated because you have a, a collective uh, like um, soapbox. You know, you have you have you have each one of us has the ability to potentially reach the entire world with our views. And you can put that on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, you know, and potentially reach millions of people, you know, and I know... It might sound funny coming from me because I I speak to thousands of people at a time every day. Uh, But, you know, your reach is infinite in a manner of speaking. And so more than ever before, everyone has a voice. And it seems like more than ever before, you know, like I said, each each. Successive general because like okay pre-industrial okay going way back, um, you know the country was agricultural for the most part. You know I, I I live in a in a in a rural area. You know our 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 broadcast area is rural generally. Uh, but uh, at one time the whole country was, and so. There wasn't much change, you know. Everything sort of happened around the agricultural calendar, and you you worked uh, in the fields and and you farmed and and stuff like that. And everything else took a back seat to that. Schooling took a back seat to that, and you know all of that stuff. And you 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 didn't venture far from where you lived. And now, of course, it's much different. You know, you are able to to see what's happening all over the world uh, like uh, well, for example the, the the war in Ukraine right now. Um, ever since uh, Vietnam, you know when wars happen they've been televised and they've been covered and they've been covered with more and more and more media to the point where during the Gulf War, you could see bombs exploding on TV. And I, I, I was a teenager during the first Gulf War, and I remember sitting... I remember sitting... Uh, I remember being on vacation. I was at a condo in Ocean City, Maryland, and sitting there one day, and I wasn't at, at you know, down on the beach, but I was sitting in the living room at the, at the condo watching the war coverage on TV because the war... The war started, you know, the 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 invasion of, of Kuwait and all that stuff started that week. This was nineteen, I want to say nineteen ninety one, and it was like mind blowing because you know I wasn't around during Vietnam. The Vietnam War ended a year before I was born, so I didn't see any of that while it was happening, and, and this was a. A thing that was going on live, and I remember it was just it was really mind blowing to me, and so, and and that's really never changed that perspective. And so, watching the 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 stuff that's going on in the Ukraine now, seeing that on TV, you know, like here at the at the station in the bullpen where the air staff has their Desks. There's a TV, and that TV is continuously tuned to CNN. And in '91, it was CNN we were watching, seeing what was happening in the Gulf War on TV, and now it's it's the same thing, and they're covering the Russian invasion of of I almost equate the Russian invasion of the Ukraine, you know, around the clock, basically. So I come in every morning at about five o'clock. And there it is. You know, it's there to to see, and and it's like looking into a different world. And, And that is something that we don't deal with in the U.S. and probably never will. You know, this country is large enough, and, you know, geographically, we have Canada and Mexico as our closest neighbors, and they're both close allies. You know, I know, um, you know, there's been some friction with, with Mexico uh, over various kind of issues. But as a rule, you know, I don't see Mexico invading the U.S. I don't see Canada invading the U.S., um, so that's not a thing. You know, any other country that, that tried to invade us would have to travel here to do it. And, you know, they'd be seen radar or whatever long before they ever made it. You know, in Europe, all the countries are a lot smaller and they're all closer together and, and, and stuff like that. I mean, Russia's not small, but Russia, you know, Russia has smaller neighbors all around it. And... So that kind of thing happens in Europe and it, it can happen in Asia, and it, you know, but it's not necessarily going to happen in North America. And that's fortunate for us, you know. Um, but you have these things happening in a, in a meta sense all over the world. And we have the luxury of getting outraged over sports. <laughs> you know, it seems absurd to say that, but you know people can get mad and say well I'm never going to watch another baseball game and I'm never going to watch another football game and you know as though it meant anything and it doesn't it doesn't mean anything it's a it's a pastime you know baseball for for decades was referred to as the national pastime and it was that's what it was it was a diversion it was a distraction you know, and this was during the time when real things were happening that involved the U.S. You know, and have like World War II and and Vietnam and and Korea in between, and people looked to professional sports, baseball in particular, as an all-American thing and a way to take your mind off of it, and now. It's almost like even that is no longer the case, you know. Everything has become politicized, and for me, baseball has always represented something that's good about being an American. You know, the old sort of uh, cliche, you know, hot dog and apple pie and baseball games. I mean, you know, there is some truth to that, and... uh it's very disappointing to me that that's sort of been turned into something else, you know. And I guess I was talking about, you know, things changing and, and stuff like that. You know, my attachment to baseball in a way is, is me staying in my own comfort zone because it is something that provides comfort to me in a way. You know, I can I can go to a ball game... Or I can watch a ball game on TV, I can sip a beer, and I can watch and be transported. Sort of have a break from what's going on in my everyday life. And for a couple hours, all that matters is what I'm seeing in front of me. You know, rooting for my team and hoping that they do well and you learn a lot of people and and I'm included in this, you learn disappointment from sports. You know, and I don't I don't think um you know, uh like I've talked to fans of teams like the Cubs, the Red Sox, you know, teams that did that that didn't win championships for decades and heard about how it's character building to lose. I don't know about that. I, I I really think there are other ways to achieve character than than that. But but it, it can be painful, you know, but at the same time, when the game is over, you go back to real life. And uh that's kind of part of it, you know. I'm just glad that the baseball season is gonna happen that uh you know there will be a a season 2022 there will be a world series and and, and all of that and I'm very much looking forward to getting back to that cuz to me it is it is something that I have come to I don't know, I don't know if I want to say depend or rely on but it's it is it's a comfort you know I I guess that really is the best way to say it it's a comfort and I would not want to have to, uh, you know, surrender that, you know. So that uh, that's my thoughts on, on baseball and, and the world and whatever. It always seems like when I, do, I you know, I don't plan these, these episodes out. I just come in and I start talking and whatever happens, happens. And uh, I do appreciate you. You, if you're still listening if anybody is still listening at this point i do appreciate it this is uh it's like therapy for me really I get a chance to just kind of talk about whatever and and uh and that's good but uh hopefully if if you're like me and and you love baseball too um enjoy it you know because it's there and we're lucky to have it you know it's the same thing with with all sports you know you can get bogged down in the issues oh the athletes are overpaid oh it's awful that they're going to bring the designated hitter to the national league and the players have ads on their uniforms and so what you know these things are all just details and in the end we're not going to remember the details like that. We're going to remember who won, you know? Who won the big game? Who made the big play? Who is the champion? And I, I, find, I definitely find that comforting. I do. That's all. This has been Just a Podcast. My name is Just Bob. Thank you for listening. Until next time.